Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. While not everyone has an artistic body tattoo, there is a growing trend in cosmetic tattooing, whether it be to have those perfect brows that you just wake up with or enhancing your natural lip line, cosmetic tattoo is popular here in Australia and across the world. Today I'm speaking with a tattoo artist all the way over in the other side in the UK. Welcome to episode number 27 of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, And today I'm speaking with Lucy White, a cosmetic tattooist of Areola Restoration in the UK. Lucy is an award-winning cosmetic tattoo artist and trainer, and she strives to provide the highest quality results for her clients while practicing in the safest standards. Lucy shares how her journey into cosmetic tattooing led her to Areola Tattoo Services and how she became covered under Bupa in the UK for these Areola Tattoo Services so women weren't out of pocket and the importance of finding a qualified and experienced micropigmentationist specialist no matter where you are in the world. I started by asking Lucy what she thought was the biggest misconception about cosmetic tattooing. I think probably the main one, at least over here, with the terminology that is used, because we mainly call it semi-permanent makeup here, is that people are under the false impression that at some point that is going to completely leave your skin. There is a huge debate over here at the moment, and I think worldwide, really. I know a lot of American, my American colleagues kind of feel the same, is that unless you can guarantee that pigment will completely leave somebody's body, then you can't call it semi-permanent makeup. So, yeah, you're finding sort of a, a push towards everyone calling it permanent makeup or permanent cosmetics now. I think that's a huge misconception, is that if you leave it, then eventually it will disappear from your body, which most of us obviously know is not the case at all. And tell us about your career. How did you end up doing what you're doing today? My background is completely different, actually. I was in management a long, long time ago and stumbled across permanent makeup just by chance, really, after one of my children was born and just decided that I loved the look of it, fell in love with the whole process, Um, and how much confidence it can give somebody and just decided that that is what I wanted to do just was adamant that I was going to train and make a success and that was that that was five years ago and I think I've been exceptionally lucky there's been a lot of hard work but I've built my business really really quickly and then decided most recently obviously to go through to the medical side it's just been a natural progression really And do you remember the exact moment when you decided to begin cosmetic tattooing? What was it like trying to navigate the landscape of training? Because as we've discussed in before we were actually recording, it is difficult to find trainers Mm. over in the UK, as I think it is also in Australia as well. 
Yeah, it's it's an absolute minefield. I think especially as someone completely new to the industry, you are completely overwhelmed by all the choices. Um, Here, we're completely overrun with training courses, training schools, and there's a lot of really clever sort of marketing that I think looks appealing to somebody that doesn't understand the industry. I really took my time. It took me, well, months, I think I spent looking for someone that I felt that I trusted to train with. And even then, I think even if you go to a reputable school, um, you are still only taught very basic information. You really don't start learning until you have actually qualified and you start working. But yeah, it's really hard. I think the main things obviously are to look for a school that is run by someone with a good reputation. It's not all just fancy pictures and clever gimmicks to sell the courses do your research and I was quite fortunate really because the school that I trained with did provide a good basic level of training. And then so it's taken five years, Mm. built your business, now you've started in medical tattooing and what was your progression into that? Um, Very natural really, I mean I through doing the cosmetic side of the tattooing I have worked with lots of ladies that were kind of preparing for chemotherapy and most of those women were coming to me for brows. So over the years, I've heard countless stories sort of, of people's experience going through various types of cancer. And yeah, I've just always kind of wanted to be able to help them at the end of the journey rather than at the beginning or as well as the beginning, should I say, because I love doing the cosmetic work as well. But I just felt like it would be kind of the, the final piece to the puzzle to be able to offer the areola tattooing at the end. Yeah, wonderful. And what's the, I guess, differences that you see for someone that has gone or is going through cancer treatment? The differences. Someone that hasn't, yeah, the differences for things that you're seeing on the skin, healing abilities and things like that. You have to be very careful. Obviously, if somebody's starting um, chemotherapy, then their immune system, once they've started, is, well, non-existent, to be honest. Um, So you wouldn't be able to then do any work once that has started. Prior, I mean, prior, really, my ladies, I would kind of treat exactly the same as any other client. So we'd do the same consultation, the same pre-assessment of their needs and any medical conditions that I would with anybody else. It's more when these people have actually started the treatment that you would sort of have concerns. And like I say, that is all due to sort of immune system issues. And you are now Bupa registered in the I UK. I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank which you. is how I actually found um, you coming across in social media. Can you talk us through the process that you had to follow? Because in yeah. the landscape in Australia, and as you've also discussed in the UK as well, unless someone is having their breast restoration or their areola tattoo done in the practices of their plastic surgeon, then it's not covered by Medicare or kind of the government health system. And also they may need to also have private health and in Australia that is still a little bit muddy in terms Mm. of which kind of private health will actually cover it. Bupa is a huge organization that we also Mm. have in Australia so what did it take for you to be Bupa registered? The Bupa application process over here 
you need to be able to demonstrate that you're properly qualified, that you add to your training regularly so that you're constantly sort of ahead of where you should be. So you're keeping up to date with relevant skills and health and safety. And the main part of the BUPA registration is you have to have two surgeons that are willing to provide a reference to say that they would be happy to refer their clients onto you. So once that happens, you can take the clients that come through those surgeons, but you can also work with anybody. So like a self-referral can come as long as they've got that BUPA health insurance, then they can come to me and have their treatment funded by BUPA. That's so amazing, isn't it, that BUPA is offering that. In Australia, areola tattooing is actually considered a cosmetic procedure yeah which is really i mean it, it's different here we provide that service so the nhs do provide that service for free i think in my area the wait at the moment is about two years so obviously not ideal um and you know the, the nurses that carry out these treatments are not tattooists they are nurses and as much as they are doing an incredible job and the nhs is really overrun they aren't it's not their specialist subject so the work is carried out on the ladies that have their tattoos done through the nhs there's usually quite often issues with there not being a lot of detail in the tattoo the color match is just not where it should be and it just seems really sad that someone could go through everything that they've been through already and then because they can't afford to pay privately and are having to have their tattoo done on the NHS that they end up with a job that is not what you or I would want on our own bodies. So I suppose in some respects we're kind of similar to Australia in that unless you have the means to pay into a BUPA health insurance plan or unless you can pay privately you are still limited in the quality of the work that you're going to get and how soon that you can have it. Oh, that's exactly right, because it's mm. not just obviously someone that's well-trained, that understands the medical issues of any particular patient or medication, but also having that artistic ability. It doesn't yeah. just come naturally to everyone. And even for those that it does come naturally, I can imagine that it takes a lot of practice to hone in on those skills. Yeah, it's a shame. I think that kind of one of the ways around it and something that I hope that we'll see at some point in this country is perhaps one of the cosmetic tattooists that specialise in that treatment going into the hospital to potentially train the nurses or maybe the NHS, if there's a magic pot of money somewhere, perhaps getting a cosmetic tattooist to actually go in and do, I don't know, weekly, monthly clinics in the hospital. But yeah, it remains to be seen. Keep, we'll stay hopeful. Yes, that would be fantastic. We also discussed the landscape in the UK with cosmetic tattoos. So eyebrows, huge here. Mm. Every second person seems to have had their eyebrows tattooed in some way. There's microblading, there's machine style as well. There's lots of debate about which is better and why. I'd like to get your take on machine versus microblading. I mean, we spoke briefly before in terms of microblading. I don't think it's horrendous. It's just not the method that I would choose. And there's a few reasons for that. The first one probably is that microblading is not suitable for many skin types at all. It doesn't work on oily skins, doesn't work well on particularly thin skins. 
it's very limited and I feel that with a machine it's a lot more versatile you're able to cater to a wider client group and you're able to give more choice to your clients um, the other issue for me is the damage that is caused by microblading over and over again with a microblade you are slicing into the skin really and the idea being that the technician has got enough skill to know the correct point in the skin that they need to cut into. Unfortunately because there are so many people microblading now and there are so many quick training courses that level of experience isn't there and the skin does become very damaged. I get a huge amount of inquiries. I mean, it happens weekly from people that have had bodged microblading work and I get it with machine as well. So it's not just, you know, witch hunting, microblading. I just think there's a lot more, there's a bigger margin for error maybe because you are, rather than having a machine where you're setting the depth of the needle, you've got a bit more control. You're relying solely on that human to judge that depth of the skin not something that I would like to do absolutely and even considering that perhaps microblading does cause more damage to the skin and that eyebrow tattooing is not just something that you do once necessarily unless it was back in the day and it was truly permanent where the (laughs) ink did not go anywhere but the implications for someone that needs to have or you, everyone would need to have a touch-up yeah. every couple of years. So what are the some of the things that you see in someone's eyebrows when perhaps they have had either uh, microblading or even machine eyebrows too deep or too aggressive? Yeah. What, what does this mean for future appointments? It's just it can be really, really messy. So if somebody has had either microblading or machine work that has been done too deep, you get a horrible sort of bluey grey brow. And that is where the pigment has been implanted far too deep within the skin and the layers of skin over the top are going to skew the colour. So you get this horrible sort of bluey tinge. Again, alongside that, if it's been done that deep that the colour is off, then a lot of the time you're going to have scar tissue as well. So I don't know if you've seen that weird sort of shiny looking oversaturated brow. I mean, really, once the brows are at that point, the skin can only hold so much ink anyway. Removal is kind of your only option. Um, But it's still, you're going to compromise the skin's integrity because there's that scar tissue there and moving forward it just means that it's going to be a lot harder for somebody else to work on you in the future. Mm, Absolutely. And I can imagine where there's that scar tissue, hairs aren't going to be able to grow either. Yeah, that's another issue. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about your favourite case study or career moment, a time where you thought this is really, truly I'm on the path of what I want to be doing in my life. Yeah, with the medical tattooing, I don't, I couldn't necessarily say there is a pivotal sort of case study moment, to be honest. I absolutely adore doing this work. So for me, every time I get a positive reaction or every time that I know that I've made some small improvement or large um, for somebody that's gone through what they've gone through, every time it is the most rewarding thing. There isn't really... I mean, there's been lots of laughter and tears and, you know, I feel like I've made friends with a lot of the ladies Mm. and I really feel invested in them and hoping that I've kind of really made 
I don't know, just some small improvement. And I get that every single time I do it. So, yeah, there isn't a moment, really. It's just every single client with the areola tattoo in. I definitely feel that way. That's so beautiful. And what would you like to see in the future of cosmetic or medical tattooing in the UK or globally? With the medical tattooing, I definitely think, like we touched on earlier, there needs to be more, I don't know if access is the right word, but just there needs to be more options for ladies maybe. And that needs to kind of come from either training a lot more people that currently carry out the tattoos in the NHS um, or some sort of funding stream where people can seek out experts because obviously the people that I know that do areola tattooing if you like to feel that we are experts in that field we specialize in tattooing so some sort of funding stream would be incredible cosmetic tattooing i'm kind of as much as people get quite irate with the councils trying to regulate certain aspects of permanent makeup i actually think it's a really good thing I think there really does need to be sort of a blanket qualification that is a minimum standard nationwide, because at the moment we have certain boroughs. So half an hour up the road from where I am, the borough there will require a level four and then another half hour up the road they won't. And I think it needs to be uniform across the UK to make sure that everyone is of the same standard. And I think that's probably the same here in Australia as yeah. well, standardised For someone that may be listening that is a cosmetic tattooist or an aspiring cosmetic tattooist or even a medical tattoo practitioner, what would you say to them wishing to either transition or look into courses and start this journey of their career? I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done. So I am really pro permanent makeup and training in permanent makeup. I just think that you need to go into it really, really aware of the amount of work that it takes to get where you want to be yeah it's an incredible career but only if you really put in the man hours and the continuing study it dominates my life (laughs) and I love it and I wouldn't have it any other way but yeah just go into it with your eyes wide open if you work really hard then it is I love it best career ever And something actually that I was thinking of when you were saying that is there is this illusion that it's easy money because (laughs) for for eyebrows, I know that in Australian dollars, it might be from 500 to Mm. 800, depends on the, the clinician or technician. But when you actually look at how much training is, the cost of good quality pigment and good quality needles and machinery, yeah. it's not the case, is it, Lucy? Not at all. <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly the same here. A very, very common misconception that people, you know, we're rolling in cash. It is a good wage. No one could ever say that these treatments don't pay well. We'd, you know, we'd be dishonest to say that they're not paid well however the majority of the time you're doing a treatment over two sessions so straight away you're dividing that cost we pay for licenses insurances good products ongoing training um i think probably the last this year alone i reckon i'm kind of up to about say around the ten thousand mark english um in extra training And you need to be doing that because if you don't, you will be left behind. 
and say, yeah, it's good money, but it's a very expensive profession to be good at as well. And for those that are Australian listeners, that is in pounds, so about double. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And for anyone that may be listening that is seeking to have a tattoo procedure, would you be able to share perhaps three pieces of advice? Yes. So I would say the first one is, well, the main one that encompasses all the others is just make sure you do your research look for reviews if somebody I really sort of stress looking on I mean we're in a time at the moment where you can sort of find out anything that you want about somebody from social media businesses have Twitter they have Instagram they have websites they have you know there are so many ways to kind of look and see what somebody's reputation is I've often said to people in the past as well that they're welcome to contact one of the reviews that have been left on my Facebook page at random. Just contact somebody and ask them how their experience was. After that, I think make sure that you see pictures of healed work, really important. And pictures that are new and taken directly after treatment can look absolutely beautiful. And part of our job, obviously, is to make pictures look nice because it's what sells our service. But it's the healed work that you want to see, because that is what you're going to be left with on your face. Over here, I'm not sure what it is over there, but over here we have something called a skin piercing register. So any technician has to have a skin piercing license. And that means that somebody from the local council will have come out and inspected the premises, made sure that they're up to date on all of their qualifications. That is another really important thing to check because it will let you know if the person is working from somewhere clean, if they take their job well seriously, that they've got proper sharps disposal, clinical waste disposal. They would be my main points to look for reviews, social media, just check work. Just really, really take your time. Don't make a flippant decision because somebody's cheaper or you can get in there quicker because there is usually going to be a reason for that. And don't use something like Groupon. Oh, God. Yeah, (laughs) please don't. (laughs) That was a really good point, though. I hadn't thought about that, about healed work, because Mm. you're right. When any type of cosmetic procedure is done or even just standard tattoo, artistic tattoo, it does look beautiful. It looks vibrant. But it's really in the healed work where the proof yeah. is in the pudding. And where can people find more about you, Lucy? I have a couple of websites and a couple of Instagram pages. My main website for my cosmetic work is www.lucywhitespmu.com. Um, and my website that is dedicated to the areola work is www.areolarestoration.co.uk. And I'm also on Instagram for both accounts. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And it was great to hear about the landscape of cosmetic and medical tattoo over in the UK. Thank you very much. Thank you. What another great interview. Lucy shared with us the perils and pitfalls of cosmetic tattooing in the UK. And following the recording, actually, 
Lucy and I discuss that injectables can be performed by anyone in the UK. So given that in Australia there were about four people that have been blind from nose filler in the past couple of years, which is where someone does a nose augmentation, uh, basically with filler. It is really scary to think that another first world country has even slacker regulations than here, as in Australia you need to be a medico. Now, the three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me. Number one, while this one isn't actually in the recording, it's more about the power of social media. So I actually found Lucy's work on LinkedIn and a woman on the other side of the world. So we didn't have any connections except that we both had a special interest in breast restoration tattooing following breast cancer. And I came across a post that she had been shared congratulating her on her booper recognition so a few weeks later we had arranged a time to record so this insight is really about the amazing tool of social media had lucy not been sharing her successes i would have never have heard her story and we wouldn't be sharing it today and while i think we are more and more consumed by technology i truly believe that we can use it for good and i'm so so thankful that i was able to connect with lucy from the other side of the globe to be sharing her story and raising awareness of some of these issues that we spoke about it is just really exciting being part of Dermhouse Go and speaking to all of these people from all different backgrounds. So I'm so thankful for that. Now, number two, it is really interesting that other countries are having similar issues in regards to regulation and poor outcomes performed by unexperienced and underqualified or unqualified practitioners. It is so, so important that you do your due diligence when finding a practitioner and simply advertising a service does not mean they can perform it. Number three, the key differences between microblading and machine tattooing is something I've wanted to cover on the podcast for some time. In the efforts to have the perfect brows, we often don't consider the long-term effects of treatments. So all of these treatments will cause some damage to the tissue. However, there is more control when using a machine. And over time, scar tissue formation from multiple applications of, say, microblading can give a really raised, shiny, scar-like appearance. You may have seen it before and maybe not known what it was from. Quite often, the hair follicles will become so scarred that they'll become so damaged and this leads to hair no longer being able to grow in certain areas, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of the tattooing in the first place, doesn't it? Now, this isn't here to scare you, but everything that we share on the podcast is really to inform you of all side effects. And I truly believe that education will help to make better informed decisions from both the consumer side and the practitioner's side. I'd love to hear what your top three insights were. So take a screenshot of your listening to the episode, add your top three insights and tag us on social media at dermhealth.co. I look forward to bringing you another episode of the Heal Thy Skin podcast next week. Until next time, stay skin powered.